Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. Yesterday, I made the assertion that the Paul Heyman-Eric Bischoff change wasn't in effect, and clearly I was wrong after reading some things and seeing SmackDown tonight, because I think the story here is that Eric Bischoff has pushed the envelope considerably, and you'll see that throughout this show. The big storyline was Kevin Owens, who came out fairly early in the show, uh, almost off the top. I'll talk about what was off the top later, because it was the worst thing. The KO show featured Drew and Shane, who really were just sort of making a cameo role to plug their match. They didn't do much else on this show. This was sort of a tense standoff, as KO didn't just read the lines of the card. He had some of his own, until he was interrupted by Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler sort of gave the sense that they should be in the WWE title picture. Shane instead had the idea to put them in a tag team title situation where if they beated, if they defeated, beated, heavy machinery, they would get their spot in the triple threat tag team title match. And this is definitely a very different direction for the characters. And it's a little WCWE, but certainly WWE has done this before with Sheamus and Cesaro, so not totally out of the... Although that came from Mick Foley as well, which, you know, Foley's certainly a, a student of ECW. So, you know, you know, certainly some influence, I would imagine, from Bischoff or moving towards that direction here. We quickly heard from Daniel Bryan and Rowan, by which I mean Daniel Bryan, backstage. He was quite upset. And we would immediately see Biggie face Bryan. Bryan would get the win with some help from Rowan. Before the match, we did hear from the New Day, and there was a very nice transition directly from a backstage interview to uh, Biggie sort of yelling to the crowd, which was very cool, and, and maybe kind of lines up with what we heard about new camera angles on Raw after the stage collapse. We also heard from Otis and Tucker backstage. It's just a great in-character interview. I love these guys. They're so much fun. They may be heavy on the catchphrases, but damn, they're good. Um, so that was quite good. We would move on to Kevin Owens and Ziggler backstage, and this was also very good. And when we got to the match itself, we found out the New Day and the Planet's champions would be on commentary. This was just golden, especially Xavier's back and forths with Daniel Bryan were masterful. I can't believe we haven't done this before. Um, at one point, there was a bit of a scuffle between those two teams. Eventually, Heavy Machinery got the win after a miscommunication, and we saw sort of KO stun Ziggler directly after and all of this really really worked well and this was a very thorough uh, well linked story that really accounted for about half or maybe a third of everything that happened in Smackdown and we really we heard from all sides the narratives were clear the build was good uh, this was really great sticking with that theme we saw Ali cut a, he cut a promo backstage sort of in a, a street area like the, uh, the one we saw at the pay-per-view Stomping Grounds, and I already forgot what it was. This was very different, though. It wasn't a cliched, pre-produced thing. This was Ali talking directly to the camera on the street, making it clear he was going to be WWE Champion, and that basically, he was a guy like you or me, uh, a man of the people. Maybe a, a man of diversity was sort of one of the senses I got here uh, when he sort of spoke about his name being a champion. And this was really a massive step up from what I would say was a bad pre-produced promo to an excellent two-camera promo. Uh, I really believe after this one promo, Ali will find himself in the WWE title picture. 
And when I saw the, the Stomping Grounds, uh, I'm going to call that a, a video piece, I thought maybe he would be at the bottom of the card or he might be going for a mid-card title, which, by the way, no Finn Balor again on SmackDown. Like, I guess we saw him last week saying hi to Shinsuke, but man, he's low on the card. Kofi Kingston had his face-off with Samoa Joe. Face-to-face, they were calling it. I don't know why they just didn't call it a face-to-Joe. That uh, inspires quite a bit more fear. This was excellent. At one point, Kofi gave Joe the finger. This was set up with the camera shot to cover it, but I think they, uh, they, they let enough of it on TV that they had to black it out as well, but which also sort of served to highlight... Uh, how big a gesture this was. I certainly think uh, the, the promo work between these two guys, even prior to that point, was very good. But it was nice to see them push the envelope just a little more. And I am I'm very hyped for this match. We also saw, finally, Apollo Crews take on Andrade in the battle of who still has their last name. In this play, case, it was Apollo. He got to keep his name, but he didn't get to win the match as Selena Vega hit the Hurricane Rana when the referee was distracted. I sort of assumed that Vega would uh, distract Cruz with his looks. I know that's not sort of the most progressive thing to do, but that's sort of where they built the narrative this past week on the past week on SmackDown. So for her to just kind of do her standard uh, Hurricane Rana spot when the ref wasn't looking, it didn't build the narrative in the same way I think they could have. I think she should have done something different because we had seen her interact with Cruz and I don't know this somehow just felt too copy and pasted for me um, why have all this build when you're just gonna get the same result anyways it's very odd but still a good match and uh, you know I can live with it Alistair Black for some reason was doing another promo but he did elaborate that at Extreme Rules he would indeed finally defend his title Against who, we don't know, but at least we know he's got a match now, so that's an improvement. There was, I would call it a throwaway interview with R-Truth. It was funny, but we didn't really get anything more from the 24-7 championship situation. And then we had Shelton Benjamin not talking in an interview, and the only thing it reminded me of was the Simpson episode where Homer basically creates a movie with Mel Gibson and his big idea is to put in an evil dog and to set up that he's evil show him shifting his eyes and and that's basically what we got shelton benjamin was in an interview and we zoom in on his face and he starts shifting his eyes and as stupid as that sounds it worked because it was different and i like it now the fact that this sounds more like something Homer Simpson would do as opposed to Eric Bischoff doesn't mean it's not great. So, I'm good with it. And, we'll, um, you know, Shelton's a fantastic. I'd love to see him do anything. It was funny when he started to look away. I actually assumed that Chad Gable would show up, but that could still happen. Um, later, we saw... We also saw Alexa sort of telling Nikki that she would co- host her own moment of bliss. That was the last we saw of Alexa on this show as... Bailey would then come out as Nikki's guest. They would go back and forth. Some very good character development by both of them here. And we'd eventually get Nikki versus Bailey. However, this time Bailey was victorious. This was, of course, a non title match, although it raises the question if Nikki had already beaten Bailey, aside from being insulted by Bailey, what would drive her to want that match again, not for the title? 
Um, and I, I read a report from my friends here at wrestling edge wrestling edge.com and they pointed out that the direction is apparently and I, this isn't a big surprise to turn Nikki to a face uh, against Alexa but sort of the more surprising part is they drew a correlation between Bailey not being a pure enough face anymore given how her character has gone here now certainly um, people have pointed out on wrestling edge that they're on different brands, uh, assuming Alexa doesn't get the title, which I think we all are assuming. This could still happen on Raw, and Bailey could still exist on SmackDown as she is. And I think that's probably what we will get, but very, very interesting. Not as interesting was Ember Moon versus Mandy and Sonya. Although, to my surprise, Ember got the win. Despite Carme Carmella cheering her on backstage, but not at ringside, I guess she had better things to do, like not being on SmackDown in any other capacity. But undoubtedly the worst part of SmackDown was the recap of the stage collapse, which was later followed up and redone with a very short video from Bobby Lashley where he called uh, Mr. Strowman something that rhymes with witch and uh, threatened to kill him, which uh, is pretty cheap, lazy heat, if I may say so myself. Quickly... As I'm losing my voice, 205 Live took place. Tony Nese, Gentleman Jack Gallagher, and Oni Lorcan were backstage as they were going to take on Drew Gulak, Arya Davari, and Michael Canellis. As the three faces spoke backstage, they certainly referenced what happened to Canellis on Raw with Maria. We later heard from Mike and he cut a, a fairly strong promo mentioning Marina wouldn't be at his side found it later she'd be watching on in the back but the problem became that Canellis essentially said he was going to win and reclaim everything and of course Tony Nese pinned him for the win and afterwards all hell broke loose as everybody fought each other but it was uh, pretty good for a six man tag we also saw the Lucha Party Lucha House Party, excuse me, taking on the Singh Brothers in a tornado tag. Why it was not a three-on-two tag with Lucha, you know, the Lucha rules, uh, I'm not quite sure. But the party got the win. Excellent match. Um, it's probably gone a little bit long, but still pretty good. There was also a very good video package for um, Humberto Carrillo. Obviously not good enough for me to nail the pronunciation of his name, but still good. And that completes a very, very good SmackDown and a great 205 Live. Uh, apologies for my voice. I'm going through some stuff here. But hopefully it'll be back in time tomorrow for NXT and NXT UK. Follow me at BilalV87 on Twitter.